All right, here we go. Here we go. Hey, another Dominion Sonship Life coming to you. Thank you for joining me. And um, and and uh, it is always a thrill, a thrill because I, I stand here, the camera goes on and I open my mouth. And before you know it, uh, there is a message. There is a message. And, um, and once I edit the message, just listening to it after it's finished, uh, normally on Monday, I post it on YouTube. I listen and I marvel. I marvel because I realize that, um, what God is communicating to us is such boldness of faith. It is such boldness of faith. There's nothing timid about our God. There's nothing ashamed about our God. There's nothing of shrinking back or tiptoeing. There is a fortfulness and a forcefulness and a boldness to the message of Christ. And it is really for the gutsy of heart. It is truly of those that are fully persuaded that it is exactly as God has said that it will be. And so we have been now for a little while uh, talking about our identification. I, I find that the Holy Spirit has been weaving in this uh, teaching even within my Dominion talks and uh, my Sunday messages. And I also do audio audio recordings that I post on podcasts as podcasts. And, and it, there's been a weaving of this theme of identity. Because we live in a world that's messed up, messed up, messed up world. And it seems no one really knows anymore who they are. And yet, there, there's in the midst of all of it, there is such a desire to know genealogies, and you have all these researches, and uh, and it just brings more confusion because I'm like, these, you know, you listen to those who've done those genealogy trees, uh, family trees, and like, yeah, uh, Irish and Scottish and British and Native Indian. And, and I'm like, how is that helping us? How is it helping you? How is it shaping your identity? But it's, it's neat for many to do that and that that's fine for them. I just find that in the midst of all of that, trying to track identity, Christ is our identity. To a Christian, to anyone born again, there is really to be no higher desire to know identity than the one of Christ, than the identity that we are given in our new birth. And so I have been in Romans 8, 29 especially, and um, two weeks ago I started, and then last week I was in 1 Corinthians 15. So let's read those two verses and then... Uh, follow the lead and see how it, 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 it moves in terms of which verses I'll land on. And I want to touch on Moses as well today. So I've been wanting to talk about Moses for about three weeks. So I believe today might be the week. So Romans 8, 29. For, for whom he, that is God, foreknew, we are foreknown. We are predetermined. He knew us beforehand. He's not surprised by us. It's not like, oops, surprise. No. 
he foreknew us and he, the, the, the ones that he foreknew, he also predestined to be conformed. So the ones that he foreknew, us being known, we were known for a purpose. We were shaped for a purpose. And the purpose is right here to be conformed to the image of his son. To be made to be just like the son. To be made to be just like Jesus. To be just like Jesus. We are made predetermined, predestined to bear the very image of the heavenly man, the second Adam, Jesus. That we are predestined to be conformed, to become one to the image, to be a full representation of this image of his son, that he might be the firstborn, that is Jesus, the firstborn among many brethren. We are the body of Christ, the brethren. Moreover, whom he predestined, those he also called, and whom he called, these he also justified. And today we are made just because we believe in that which God has done first through the Lord Jesus Christ. We have been justified in whom he justified. These he also glorified. Glorified how? Because with his raising, we have been raised into a heavenly place of dominion and glory. And so we with the son have been glorified. And that was the prayer that Jesus prayed. And I believe it was John 17. Let's just look at that early on in dominion and sonship. I did some teachings from John 17 regarding the glory. Glorification. And John in 17, uh, Jesus speaks in verse 1, Father, the hour has come. The hour has come. Jesus knew the seasons and the timings of God for his life. Nothing was a surprise. And I did a dominion talk regarding prayer, watch and pray. And there I took note of the importance of prayer because in prayer, we are disclosed these mysteries, these timings of God, these divine purposes for our lives. So we too, like John can say, the hour has come. So Jesus says, the hour has come, glorify your son, that your son also may glorify you. So this glorification, the ones that he justified, he glorified, it's really a glorification for the Father's sake. Because we have been glorified through Christ's identity, that we are made to resemble the image of the very glory of God, who is the firstborn. Jesus is the, 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 the preeminence over all things. Jesus is the expressed image of the Father. Jesus is the very glory of God. And in that predestination that we are preordained to walk in as sons of God, just like Jesus, there is a glory bestowed on us through the sonship that we now have in Christ that is a real demonstration and a representation of a glorification of our father that when we walk as sons on earth we're giving God the glory you know we say I want to glorify God with my life I want to give God the glory God you deserve all the glory do you know how that's played out but you submitting to the Christ nature but you yielding and believing what he says about your life and so my title for today is faith 
Faith is to identify with Jesus. Faith is to identify with Jesus, and that looks like a righteousness mindset. That looks like I am now right with my heavenly Father, and I walk earth as a son of God. I walk earth in the dominionship of the Son of God. I'm part of his body. And as Jesus prayed, glorify your son, that I may glorify you, Father. This is what we're walking out. This is what brings glory to our heavenly Father. So from Romans 8.29, I went to Paul writing to the Corinthians. 1 Corinthians. This is identity. Identity. Do you know who you are in Christ? All of us have a pretty good working knowledge of who we are in the flesh. Uh, many of us can, 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 uh, can give the accolades of the flesh, flesh. Those are the failures. You know, whenever you give an accolade to your flesh, it's when you fail, buddy. I messed up again, another accolade to your flesh. Big mistake, another accolade to your flesh. I got really upset, another accolade to your flesh. Well, we stop that now when we start giving an accolade. We start edifying and acknowledging ourselves after the Christ nature. And I think that's how I finished, I believe, last, last Sunday with Philemon 1, 3, and 4. Verses 3 and 4. About acknowledging every good thing that is in us in Christ Jesus. And so this is the acknowledgement is how we gain identity and how we become fully persuaded, which is faith. That I'm just like he is. Because I'm just like he is, nothing is withheld from me. Nothing is withheld from me. And that's what Romans 8, uh, Paul writes, if God did not spare his son, but gave us his son, how much more would he not? Together with the son, give us everything. Together with the son, he has given us everything. Everything is found in this new birth. And it's so important to identify with this new creation reality. And so uh, just a verse, let's say, in verse 45, 1 Corinthians 15, Paul writes regarding the first man, Adam being a living being made alive, but the last Adam became a life-giving spirit, not just alive, but a giver of life. And that we are now after the second Adam. In verse 48, as was the man of dust, so also are those who are made of dust, and as is the heavenly man, so also those who are heavenly. We are now in Christ, heavenly. This is your identity. You are heavenly. You are raised to a place in heavenly places. You are raised with Christ rising. You've been resurrected through his resurrections. Romans 6 goes and, and rises as he was resurrected. We that in that newness of life of his received our newness of life. And so it is our identification now is no longer the man of dust. From dust to dust. Now it's the heavenly man. 
49, and as we have bore the image of the man of dust, we shall also bear the image of the heavenly man. Do you know why? <laughs> because this is how Jesus walked earth, bearing the image of his father. And, and Paul writes in, in um, Philippians, I think I might have a little bookmark there, in Philippians chapter 2, verse 5, Let this mind be in you, the mind of Christ is such. Let this mind be in you, which was also in Christ Jesus, who being in the form of God, equal with God, did not consider robbery to be equal with God. He knew who he was. He knew who he was. That's why if we go to John 15, actually, let's see. Let's go towards John. Well, let's do John 14 first. John 14, 7. If you have known me, this is Jesus speaking to his disciples, you would have known my father also. And from now on, you know him and have seen him. Here's sweet Pete, uh, Philip. Philip says to him, Lord, show us the Father. It is sufficient for us. And Jesus says, have I been with you so long? And yet you have not known me, Philip. He who has seen me, this is what Jesus said. He didn't count this robbery. To be called equal with God. He was not ashamed of who he was in the very form of, made in the form of God. Why are we ashamed? Why do we tiptoe around the matter? Why are we quicker to identify with the sinful nature that's really crucified in Christ? Then, then to be, you know, uh, humble enough really it takes humility to identify yourself after the Christ man. And this is who Jesus is. He, humble and meek, he called himself and identified with the Father. So much so that if you have seen me, Philip, you have seen the Father. We looked at Romans 8, 29 about being conformed to the image, that word image, that we're now conformed to the image of Jesus. That word image is also used regarding Jesus and the image of the Father. In Second um, Corinthians 4, 4, I'll just go real fast. I should have my little ribbons there. If not, I'll leave through and you'll be very patient with me. Second Corinthians 4, 4. This is the very same word image, and I'll look it up as well. Regarding that, um, the, the, the prince of the air, Satan has, has deceived many by blinding, blinding, veiling, uh, sights so that lest their minds be opened up to this glorious reality of our salvation. Verse four, regarding Satan, whose minds the God of this age has blinded, who do not believe, lest the light of the gospel of the glory of Christ, this gospel, 
<laughs> the light of this gospel of the glory of Christ, who is the image of God. The Lord Jesus Christ is the image of God. Colossians 1.15, we have read this as well. Colossians 1.15 states that Jesus, he is the image of the invisible God. Now that word image is icon, I believe. Let, let's, let's look it up here. Icon, it's, it's the Greek word 1504 in the Strong's Concordance. It means image. So Jesus is the, is, 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 is the image of God. He, what did we read? Colossians said regarding him being the expressed image. Let's see. He is the image of the invisible God. In Hebrews 1, 3, it talks about Jesus being the express image of God, but that word image is different. That word is actually the personhood of God, the nature and character of God. So it's a little bit different, but it's still, we're talking about full representation of God. Um, and so this word icon, image, statue, representation, likeness, and um, I like the word study of this word. Now, Jesus is the image of the invisible God, and we are conformed to the image of Jesus. This is what we're talking about. This word image means a mirror-like representation. That's why, that's why um, Paul also writes here in, in uh, 2 Corinthians 3.18, but we with all, all with unveiled face beholding us in a mirror, the glory of the Lord are being transformed into the same image from glory to glory as by the Spirit of the Lord. And so this word image that we are being transformed into is, is a mirror-like representation, identical, therefore identity, identical with Jesus. So mirror-like image. Referring to what is very close in resemblance, like a high-definition projection as defined by the context. Image then exactly reflects its source. This word image refers to an exact uh, reflection of the source that is directly corresponding to. For example, Christ is the very image and they break it down as being the supreme expression of the Godhead. The Colossians 1.15 reference. This word icon assumes a prototype. Now, this is not just regarding Jesus representing God's image. It's about us, us, the body of Christ, being conformed to the image of the Son. What honor has God bestowed on us? What reality are we attaining to here? A God nature within us. A possibility of living a life divine here now. Nothing hindering us. Nothing being an obstacle to the uh, representation of his sonship here on earth outside of a carnal mindset. That we are to reckon dead. That we are to bring down every foul thought that is exalting itself above the 
knowledge of Jesus, telling us that we fouled up again, telling us that we are a sinner, telling us again that God, we, we need another round of forgiveness, telling us that now we've walked away too far away from God when God is saying, you are mine, you are part of my body. Icon assumes a prototype of which is not merely of which is not merely resembles but from which it is drawn meaning this prototype is not just a resemblance but it is something that's drawn from the source icon then is more than a shadow rather it is a replication a replication he is the firstborn among many brethren. You and I in Christ are a replication of Jesus. Yes, him, Jesus, the one that healed the lepers, the one that touched the sick and recovered, the one that spoke the word of life and resurrection happened, the one, the one that, that, spoke with such words of revelation, power, and might, and dominion that the Pharisees, their religious minds, marveled. The one who was 12 was really educating the Pharisees of Pharisees as to his heavenly father. That one we are a full replication of. That's what faith is. Faith is a knowing of this divine substance that we now bear the image of the invisible God. What, what they say, what say you? Yeah, that. Yeah, that. No more tiptoeing. Trying to figure out life. Trying to track down where I came from, where I didn't come from. Overcoming a past that's marred with sin. Uh, trying to, trying to make it through your day when we have made it in Christ. We are born of this divine reality of resurrection, a full replication. And that's why John is so bold in his writing regarding the love of God. And I believe the book of John has the most word believe in that writing because do you believe do you believe in the gospel of John if I'm not I, I, I need to go and, and refresh my mind but he wrote the most about believing God and that's what Peter said what our brother Paul was saying, it, it's too lofty. It's hard to understand. Yeah, because it's revelation. The unrenewed carnal mind chokes on this. But you have to perceive by your spirit, man, this truth. Because when you perceive by your spirit, man, this truth, then it puts you in the category of Jesus. And then you can understand what he's saying in John 15, 18. If the world hates you, you know that it hated me before it hated you. Why? Because we are replication of him. And so whatever he walked through, we are walking through. But that's just not for the persecution. That's for the healings and the resurrection too. Oh, yeah, yeah.
yeah, life is tough. Yeah, they hate me because I'm a Christian. Yeah, you're a Christian. Yeah, resurrection life lives in you. Yeah, Satan's grieved by that. Shut him down. Shut him down. If the world hates you, you know that it hated me before it hated you. If you are of the world, which we're not, we are not a replication of the world and some think they are. We're not. Some in the body of Christ. We're not. If you are of the world, the world would love its own. Yet because you're not of the world, but I chose you out of the world, therefore the world hates you. Remember the word that I said to you, a servant is not greater than his master. A replication of our master. We're not greater than him. If they persecuted me, then they will also persecute you. If they kept my word, they will keep yours also. But all these things they will do to you for my name's sake, because they do not know him. Look at this identification. He's saying they're going to hate you because they hate me. And then he goes further to identify himself with the Father in this context. We are one. The Father, the Son, and us, one. We are one. There's no separation. We are one. And you see this oneness in this portion of Scripture right here. He's saying, you are just like me. Jesus saying, you're just like me. They hate you because they've hated me. And then he goes and says, all these things they'll do to you for my name's sake because they do not know him who sent me. If I had not come and spoken to them, they would have no sin. But now they have no excuse for their sin. He who hates me hates my father also. See? That's how he could take it. Unfazed. He knew who his father was. And this was all to do because of his father. Who's his daddy? Who's his daddy? The big chump on the block. Why be afraid today? Identity is very important. John 17, this is the oneness. We've read this before, I believe, but maybe not, uh, not as high as I'm going to start now. Verse 13, I'm still mindful to get to Moses, and I believe I'll be able to. John 17, 13, this is him praying to the Father, right after he, he spoke about the glorification of the hour. But now I come to you and these things I speak in the world that they may have my joy fulfilled in themselves. See, his words bring joy to us. I have given them your word and the world has hated them because they're not of the world, just as I'm not of the world. Again, just like Jesus. We're just like Jesus. So last week's message is made to bear the image of Jesus. The week prior was just like Jesus. This is the same thing. Today's faith is to be identified with Jesus. I do not pray that you should take them out of the world, but that you should keep them from the evil one. They are not of the world, just as they are not of the world. Sanctify them by your truth. 
Sanctify them by your truth. Your word, this truth, his word is a sanctifier to us. It sets, up, it sets us apart unto our God. As you sent me into the world, I also have sent them into the world. And for their sake, I sanctify myself that they also may be sanctified by the truth, just like Jesus. I do not pray for these alone, but also for those who believe in me through their word. This is us he's praying for right now. That they all may be one. That they all may be one as you, Father, are in me and I in you. Is there a separation here? Is there a separation here? Ask again. Is there a separation here? No, no. And look what he's going to ha have the audacity to say thereafter. I in you, that they also may be one in us, that the world may believe that you sent me. Do you know how the world will believe when we walk in the revelation of oneness, dominion, sonship? I'm one with the son of his love. I'm one with my heavenly father. I am just like Jesus in my new birth, not in my carnal state. The old man is reckoned dead through the power of the cross. And the glory which you gave me, I have given them. This is the glory that he's glorified us by. Which you gave me, I have given them that they may be one just as we are one. I in them and you in me that they may be made perfect in one. Where is your perfection? In the oneness you have with your heavenly father. Where is your perfection? In you trying to earn brownie points with God? Through Christian service. My perfection is in this oneness. Now you understand why Satan has used religious structures to bring a separation from this reality of being one and fully accepted in our Heavenly Father. Through that which Christ has done, based on a finished work that he did and me now believing that finished work brings forth a righteousness and I am identifying with his life now. No longer I, but he in me. I in them and you in me that they may be made perfect in one and that the world may know that you have sent me and have loved them and have loved them as you have loved me, Jesus says. The reality of the love of God is where this revelation of oneness is. No separation. There is absolutely no separation. Father, the last verse here is, Father, I desire that they may also, that they also whom you gave me may be with me where I am and we are. That they may behold my glory which you have given me for I, for you loved me before the foundation of the world. The assurance that Jesus had in the love of God. He said, for you have loved me. 
before the foundation of the world. And you and I can say the same. I am loved of God before the foundation of the world. Now let's go to Hebrews and um, look at something here. Hebrews 11 regarding Moses, verse 23. By faith, Moses, when he was born, was hidden three months by his parents because he, they saw, because they saw, they saw it, something bore witness. They saw he was a beautiful child. And they were not afraid of the king's command. And this is the hour that we to see the beauty of God in our children and not be afraid of the king's command. To destroy them and devour them by the way of the system of the world. We are accountable in how we raise our children. That we are to see that they are beautiful children of God. And we are not afraid of the king's command, which was what? To slaughter them, to destroy them. By faith, Moses, don't work the system of the world and think that the system of the world will keep your children. The system of the world is made to slaughter. When you submit to the wrong master, you bear the wrong, the wrong, the, 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 the wrath of that master. Pharaoh's wrath. That Moses was not afraid, and neither am I, nor are you in Christ. Ha ha. Woo! By faith, Moses, when he became of age, refused to be called the son of Pharaoh's daughter. It's time to start being refused by the names the word gives us. the accolades of the world, the achievements of the world, and we all have them. That's why I love Paul. So I, that which I have lost, I, 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 it's a gain to me, so I can gain the excellency of Christ. By faith, Moses, when he became of age, refused to be called the son of Pharaoh's daughter, choosing rather to suffer. Look at this. Look at the choice he made. Look at the choice he made. That was not an easy choice. To suffer affliction with the people of God than to enjoy the passing, the passing pleasures of sin. Why did he make this choice? Based on a revelation. Based on a revelation. Verse 26, esteeming the reproach of Christ greater. He identified with that reproach of Christ that we just read. Jesus said, Jesus said, if the world hates you, you know it hated me first. Wanting to be loved by the world. Wanting to be accepted by the world. Why? So they destroy your inheritance? Choosing rather to suffer affliction with the people of God than to enjoy the passing pleasure of sin, esteeming the reproach of Christ greater, greater riches than the treasures in Christ. He considered the hatred of Egypt as a treasure. 
greater riches than the treasures in Egypt, for he looked to the reward. Looking unto Jesus, the author and the finisher of our faith today, without you pinning your gaze on that reward of Christ, the hope of glory within you, you will cave into the world and won't even know it until it, until it starts bearing fruit for you that is distasteful in your mouth. Look at this verse 27. By faith he forsook Egypt, not fearing the wrath of the king. For he endured as seeing him, the invisible God, as seeing him who is invisible. The very image of the invisible God that Jesus knew he walked in. Do you know you walk in the invisible, in the, in the image of the invisible Son of God? Visible to you by faith. That's what faith is. It's substance of things hoped for. Evidence of things not seen. It should be evidence. This Christ life within you is your evidence of the things not seen. So you too, like Moses, can forsake the wrath of Pharaoh and the system of the world and count the reproaches of Christ as gain today. Identity, identification with the resurrected Savior, but prior to that, with the crucified Savior. By faith he forsook Egypt, not fearing the wrath of the king, for he endured the seeing him who is invisible. By faith he kept the Passover. He kept that, that sprinkling of blood and the breaking of the body. He kept it by faith. By faith he walked. The Passover and the sprinkling of blood, lest he who destroyed the firstborn should touch them. You in Christ in this walk of life, an identification with the reproaches of Christ, forsaking the old world and the old self. You are untouchable, untouchable. But, but walking away, walking away from the sprinkling of the blood, from the shedding of his precious blood, from the breaking of his body divine, you are fully devourable. And now you know when you survey the landscape of Christendom in, in this age, why there's so much falling away. Not because God is not love. Not because God is not strong. Choices, choices, choices. Moses, it said, he chose. He refused to be called the son of Pharaoh, choosing rather to suffer affliction with the people of God. And look at verse 29. By faith they passed through the Red Sea as by dry land. That's where everything becomes possible. The God of possibility, the God of the breakthrough, we keep speaking these things and God is saying, how about you breakthrough for me? How about you walk in my possibility today by, by seeing what Moses walked through, what Abraham walked through, what Noah walked, walked through. 
What, what about the very beginning? Abel cost him his life, offering a more excellent sacrifice. Then his sheep brother came, calculating. What is it costing me? Was it going to cost me to serve God? Mm-mm-mm. By faith, they passed through the Red Sea as by dry land. This is where we're in right now. Everything to those standing in Christ by faith. Everything is a crossover in dry land. Every moment. Just like Noah. Just like Noah. Moved by godly fear in verse 7. Chapter 11, the same chapter, Hebrews, prepared an ark for the saving of his household, by which he condemned the world because he believed the word of the Lord. He believed the report of the Lord when no one else did. And his faith saved his household, condemned everyone else. Isn't that profound? condemned the world and became the heir of the righteousness, which is according to faith. Let me finish 29 here. They walked on dry land, whereas the Egyptians attempting to do so were drowned. Some might attempt. It's not going to work for them because this is a lived out reality. This is not for those that want to try a little bit here and there. They wear the tags and put the little stickers on their bumper, on their cars. The rah, 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 yeah, yeah. On a good day. And when it gets tough and the reproaches come their way. No, it's just not to identify with that. And so, yes, it's a sober, sober message. It's a sober life we're called to live in. We're called to live a sober life. In Philippians 3.15, I'll finish with, and um, I think I covered all my verses today. Praise God. Philippians 3, he led me this way. This is, this is in the context of the press, right? Paul says in 14, I press towards the goal for the price, right? Putting your eyes on the reward like Moses put his sight on the reward. Moses' parents saw that that child was beautiful. And didn't fear the decree of the king. I pressed toward the goal for the prize of the upward call of God in Christ Jesus. Therefore, let us as many as are mature. And the mature ones, the ones that are led of the Holy Spirit, whose identity is the Son of God. Let them have this mind, this mind, the same mind that was in Christ Jesus that we read in Philippians earlier in that chapter, in chapter 2, sorry. Let this mind, and if in anything you think otherwise, God will reveal even this to you. Nevertheless, the degree, the degree that we have already attained to that which has already been revealed to us and we're walking in, let us walk by the same rule. Don't lose ground. We're made to gain ground. We're made to advance the kingdom of God. We're made to, to, to press a little further. 
Let us walk by the same rule. Let us be of the same mind. But look at 17. Brethren, join in following my example and note those who so walk. Note those that are walking in this manner of maturity, walking in the mind of Christ, as you have for a pattern. For many walk, of whom I have told you often and now tell you even weeping, that they are the enemies of the cross of Christ. Many who walk this way lost the ground and now are, are enemies to the cross of Christ. They're not reckoning that old man dead, an enemy to the cross of Christ, not identifying with that cross of Christ, whose end is destruction, whose God is their belly, whose glory is in their shame, who set their mind on earthly things where you set your mind is important. Colossians 3 says, if you are raised with Christ and seek those things which are above where Christ is seated at the right hand, set your mind on things above, not on things of the earth. For you died, Paul says, and your life is hidden with Christ in God. Your identity is Jesus. Your life is hidden with Christ in God. When Christ, who is our life, appears, then you also will appear with him in glory. Back back to the verse in Philippians 3 about those who become enemies of the cross of Christ, whose end is destruction, whose God is their belly, whose glory is in their shame, who set their mind on earthly things for our citizenship is in heaven. You are exactly where he is. Our citizenship is in heaven from which we also eagerly wait for the Savior, the Lord Jesus Christ, whom will transform our lowly body that it may be conformed to his glorious body according to the working by which he is able even to subdue all things to himself. And so today your confidence and my confidence is as you make these choices for Christ, he is able to subdue all things to himself. Amen. We are done. Glory be to God.